Welcome to the Stacking Slabs podcast. Join Brett to get the latest sports cards investment advice, hear from industry experts that are deep in the trenches, and find out when to turn left when the rest of the market is going right. Get eBay ready, get PayPal ready. Let's be students of the game and stack those slabs. What is up? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs, your hobby content alternative. How in the hell are you doing? I'm your host, Brett McGrath. I've got some coffee going. It's freaking freezing in Indianapolis, and I'm ready to go talk a little bit about sports cards. That's what we do here. Thank you so much if you're tuning in. Longtime listeners, shout out. If you're a new listener, welcome to the party. I got to say, I've been trying to figure out when's a good time to record these Wednesday episodes, and there's never really a good time when you've got a three-month-year-old. You just kind of pick and choose your spots, and right now there's a spot available it is very, very early in the morning on Saturday. Um, baby got her first feeding of the day back down. Mom is back down. Um, I was formatting this episode about kind of figuring out last night what I wanted to talk about. Had some time to finish that out. And I said, you know what? I got my coffee rolling. Let's just crank this baby out. Let's get to it. So there's a lot that will be happening in between me talking right here and Um, this going out on Wednesday, um, but that's okay. I want to talk about a lot of different topics because there is so much on my mind. So much is happening in the hobby. First and foremost, I will say as I record this, it is brutally cold in Indianapolis where it's also in other parts of the country. It's very cold. I'm a psychopath and I actually like to run in it. So I I gear up and I get out there. I've got my run in. It makes me feel alive. Shout out to all you degenerate runners who like to run in the freezing cold. I don't know. It it wakes me up and I dig it. So I got that in, but it's cold. So I'm de-thawing. But what we have here in Indy is we've got the national championship. We've got this couple Southern teams coming up north in the cold to play some football. That'll have happened on the other side of this. Lucas Oil is a great venue. It's really cold. I'm very curious on the activities of what these Southern SEC football folk will be doing while they're in town. Indianapolis is a great host city. It's a convention city. Obviously, it hasn't looked that way with the pandemic, but now we're starting to see big events happen again. In 2020, we were supposed to get the NBA All-Star Game. That didn't happen. That sucked. We, we took an L on that one. We've had the Super Bowl in the past. It's the first national championship we're getting. We've had WrestleMania. WrestleMania 8. Shout out, I was there. But man, yeah, it's good to have people coming in town, especially for a big football game. So excited about that. There's a lot of ancillary events going on. Um, but it's just good vibes, getting that blood blood flowing, um, getting some fans in here, rocking out, um, should be a good game. I personally, I'll be watching the national championship, but I personally am focused in on the NFL playoffs. And I'm going to talk in this episode about football cards, revisit football cards a little bit now that we're kind of heading into the playoffs, talk a little bit about quarterbacks, talk a little bit about the market, what's happened, not give you my picks, but just share some thoughts on some some quarterbacks going into the playoffs and um, how I think about them and also put a little card data in there. Shout out Card Ladder for helping me tell a story around 
uh, what I have to say today. So we're going to do that. But man, yeah, we, um, Colts had an opportunity to close it out, make playoffs. Was at the game. Raiders played really well. Now got to go to Jacksonville. Haven't won in Jacksonville, oddly enough, since 2014. Not really, uh, I don't really fall into those traps. I think the Colts should roll. If they don't roll, it'll be rough. Um, be probably the worst loss in Colts history, but I'm trying to look up. I'm hoping that that happens. I know we have, um, I, there'll be a Sunday night football game of significance. I love it how the NFL puts that final game with all the stakes on Sunday night football. Chargers Raiders should be another battle, but I'm ready for the freaking playoffs. There's so much uh, mystery, I think, around this year where, you know, people will say, you know, the AFC is wide open. Uh, there is uncertainty abound on who is going to take it. I think un- undeniably, if you say who is the best player in the AFC, um, all fingers point at Patrick Mahomes. But would you say this is the best the Chiefs team has been? I don't know. I'm not sure about that. That that dominance vibe is just not necessarily lingering over them this year. But maybe that's a good thing for the Chiefs. I think there's a lot of young guns, a lot of good teams, but it's up for the taking a little bit. So we'll see. Um, it's just the team who gets hot. It's how it always works. I think in the NFC, you know, a lot of people are saying Packers. I think Rodgers has played really well. You know, how do you deny Tom Brady? Um, people like the Rams. There's a uh, people like the Cowboys. The Cowboys are kind of that team that's going underneath the radar a little bit while they've had a hell of a season. I don't know. I think uh, consistency. I think um, the team who gets hot on both ends will probably be the one to end up in the Super Bowl. So excited for that. I'm re- just ready for the playoffs to go. I love the NFL um, football. I love NFL football, obviously, and I, I love freaking the playoffs. It's a, it's a blast every year. I'm hoping get some representation with my home team. I want to thank everyone for tuning in last week to my Wednesday episode and also the Friday episode. I'll talk a little bit more about the Friday episode here in a sec. But the Wednesday episode just blew me away by the amount of people downloading that episode. So thank you. It was the most day one downloaded show in Stacking Slabs history. I got to take my work hat off. But yeah, it, basically, I, my my headline of that show was this this podcast is or this episode is not about tops uh, or fanatics buying tops because I don't want to di- discount the news. Obviously, the news has significance, but I am not the one who wants to be the reporter who wants to have the first hot take, the first to market, um, to analyze the deal. Everybody was doing that, and what do I call this show? We are the hobby content alternative. We don't fall into those traps and, and do the mainstream thing. We, we, we hold back and we wait a little bit. And so that's what I decided to do and have a little fun while doing it. And you all enjoyed that. So I appreciate all the listens, the shares, and everyone telling a damn friend about the Stacking Slaps podcast. But I will say this. Now we've got our, the dust is settled. We're a week or so removed. You know, my my perspective, I think it's a good thing. I think it's good to have tops involved. From a collector's standpoint, the message that um, I have, and I think a majority of the collectors in the market have, was we're pumped to see Chrome. We're pumped to see Finest. 
um, cards, which that's what I gravitate towards. If you were to come in and look through my collection, um, the number one card across everything I collect with it's and it's not even close are parallels from Topps Chrome. Number two would be parallels from Topps Finest. And then it's kind of everything else. And honestly, when I was looking at it, there's even not as much prism as I even thought. And maybe it's just it's just kind of how I collect being a Manning guy. And then also, you know, being a collector of wrestling, which that should shift because uh, WWE's Panini's getting the WWE license and I pick up some prism cards here and there, but primarily I'm a, I got tops Chrome and I got a lot of finest, especially because tops has had the WWE license for so long. So those cards kick ass, like they rule. And I know there is just so much passion with those products that transcends kind of all sports. And I think you look back at all the cards of significance and, um, you know, your Kobe's and your LeBron cards and, you know, it's from those products, which is awesome. And you, you know, I fall into that trap because I, I collect Manning and I collect Manning parallels and I love gold refractors. I love gold X-fractors. And so I'm just, I'm from a collector's perspective, I don't really care or give a shit about what's going to happen, how it's going to happen, all this other stuff. But I think the assumption that I would make from it is that we will can, we will get um, the Topps Chrome and Topps Finest product. We will get that product in football and basketball cards once again. And that to me is really great news. It's that the, the, having those flagpole products that have sig- historical significance means a lot. And I think the collector community benefits in a big way from that. Is, have you all been following this Pokemon deal? I, I'll tell you what. So we will, we will have known on the other side of this episode the legitimacy of the case that Logan Paul bought from Shine for $3.5 million. If you're unaware of this, I'll catch you up really quick. Um, this Shine bought a case, a first edition Pokemon um, it's supposed to be the only sealed case. I don't really want to get into all the details because there's so many stories. But apparently they were questioning the legitimacy after it had changed hands back from Shine to Logan Paul. Um, there were some people involved before that. Um, it looks like Shine and Logan Paul are going to fly out to ch- check it out and see if it's legit or not open it up. I don't really know all the details. I'm sure there'll be a big YouTube extravaganza that we'll all enjoy. Um, But I have like really, and I'm one who gets involved in hobby drama drama and controversy, but for whatever reason, I'm sucked into this because the Pokemon community is so strong and that's, I hope the wrestling card community at some level can like get to that level of just everyone giving, everyone caring so much. Like, Wrestling card collectors care so much, and but it, we're, there's just not as many as Pokemon. But man, there's been so much content, so much uh, drama, and I've just been like, I've had my popcorn out. I've been watching these YouTube channels like Rattle Pokemon, with who's like an investigator breaking down all this evidence and all the people involved, and it's just like, man, like this is a flavor of the hobby, hobby content that I was not sure I liked, and man, do I like it, and. 
it's interesting because it's I don't collect Pokemon, but I've been on record of saying, man, I love listening to the Pokemon collectors talk because they're super passionate. And I think for me, the punchline of all this is, is there's drama. There's going to be a story. There's going to be a lot of eyeballs. We're going to see people are going to point fingers, all this stuff, whatever. But I think the most exciting thing is the community and the community being so passionate, saying we know there's bad actors involved at some level. Um, and I think, you know, at the end of the day, like a shine and like a Logan Paul probably come out looking like the heroes of this, which is great. Like they could have just done nothing, but now they're kind of showing everyone. So I think those are the types of things that strengthen an already growing community. I think accountability is always important. So if there is wrongdoing involved in this deal, um, then whoever those bad actors are, hopefully they're held accountable for their actions. And maybe there's not any wrongdoing, although a lot of the experts or pundits um, say that there's a snowball's chance in hell of that happening. So I wanted to shout that out. I've been having fun following that crazy drama story. Um, Pokemon continues to be a, a, a theme that comes up in this show. Um, probably my closest connection into Pokemon is, you know, I've, I, Josh from Card Ladder, Cardboard Chronicles has been picking up stuff. So it's just like I follow his stuff and he posts the cards and I read about them. And so I don't know. I just like, even though I have no intention of going and collecting Pokemon, I think it's fun learning about stuff like that, learning about products, learning about segments of the hobby that people really care about. And that's what's fun. And that's like why um, I had Justin on Charger 21 to talk about F1. It's We should never discredit areas of the hobby that we do not collect in. I think going in there and listening to people talk, consuming content, while you might not be directly consuming that content and and benefiting to go buy those cards, there are something you can learn from the way collectors and other segments operate. Speaking of other segments, big week on the wrestling card front. I had been talking a lot about AEW Upper Deck first edition cards. Um, man, I had a fun week. I ripped four boxes of four hobby boxes of that stuff. And I don't rip hobby boxes often. So it was a really fun freaking week for me. Um, and I will say that there's a lot I want to talk about here. So I think first I want to say, I opened up a hobby box. I went live. You can check on my Instagram. I opened up two actually on my Instagram. You can check out my page. I want to thank Billy Celio. Billy was on the, the Stagging Slabs podcast, product manager at Upper Deck, but he was in the chat and new product, new license. He was in the chat answering questions or in the live answering questions that people had about the product. I was opening it up for the first time and I had not opened up Upper Deck cards since I had been back in the hobby. So unfamiliar really with layout, look, you know, design, parallels, all this stuff. I had my spec sheet out in front of me. I was trying to do my due diligence. But when you're opening up a hobby box for the first time, it's of an unfamiliar product. You Sometimes you just don't know what you don't know. And I think the one thing I do know is if you are able to afford a hobby box, of anything that you collect and you rip it, you that will better inform you on what you like and what you don't like and what you can go pursue. That might seem obvious, but I, I think that's kind of underrated. And I know in a lot of different segments, it's an impossibility just based on the price of these boxes. But I think I got, which 
this is a whole nother, I'm going to talk about the price of these boxes and that's a, this is a whole nother topic, but I will share that I picked up two boxes from two different places. And when I bought in on those boxes, I think it was maybe the first cut time, 120 bo- a box. And then the second time, 150 a box. I think it, it's what it was. And now it's, a, it's 200 a box. Um, so we'll talk about that in a second. But what was cool about this week is there, there was a lot of people were very loud. There were a lot of excitements. And then there were people that are hardcore AEW fans that were like fired up. Like, we got AEW cards. Let's go. We understand it's a V1. It might not be perfect, but we're happy. And there's a lot of other people that say, this box is not worth it. I don't like this product. And so there was kind of these two, there's two competing things. I tweeted out as I'm observing the conversation online. And I'm going to share my perspective of what I feel about this product. But I I tweeted out, regardless of your position, there's a ton of energy around this product. People care about AEW. Even if it's not your thing, it shouldn't be a war. It's getting new eyes. The more people that are talking about wrestling cards, the better it is for the whole. And when I said people care about AEW, one million people watched Dynamite this week to see Brian Danielson versus Adam Hangman Page in one of my favorite matches that I've ever seen on AEW. It's freaking phenomenal. If you haven't seen it, if you're going to watch one match, go watch that match. People care. They've got a fan base. It's growing. It's still a new company. And so I think as a community of wrestling card collectors, if AEW or this product isn't your thing, I don't think it's fine to have healthy criticism that if Upper Deck is watching online, they can follow trends and figure out ways to improve their product. That's great way, good market feedback. That's what good companies do. But there's also shitting on a product just to shit on it because you don't like AEW or you you just have seen what's happening and you just don't like what you're seeing. So you're just going to shit on it for shit's sake. There was a lot of that that I saw. There's also people, healthy criticism, which is fine. It's good. But like I think in any community, there's this thing. And it's so funny with wrestling. It's my take on just like, Cards aside, being a wrestling fan, I like a lot of different flavors of wrestling. I like a lot of different promotions. I am probably in the 99th percentile of consumer of wrestling content on a weekly basis. I watch WWE, Raw, and SmackDown. I'll watch NXT 2.0 on the weekend taped. I watch AEW Dynamite. I watch Rampage. So there's, there's five shows right there. I watch Impact when I can. I watch New Japan when I can. I used to watch ROH every week. I watch a ton of wrestling. Ton. And I'm, my mentality is always like, support it all. You might not like it all, but support it all. Because the more the industry grows, the better it's going to be. Competition is better. I mean, that's how I feel about the cards. It's like, okay, you might be a WWE tops collector, and you might be sad that, they're losing the license to Panini, or you might be excited, but maybe you're just a WWE guy. Like, I think supporting, like, not being happy that there's another alternative and product coming coming out is a good thing because I think what we're trying to do is get more people involved, more people that have been buying wrestling memorabilia, wrestling action figures, all this stuff, getting their their attention on wrestling cards and the excitement and the joy that we have. So that's kind of where I was coming from. I think. 
from a, the product's perspective, criticisms are, for, for me, I think the you open up a box as a low number parallel guy, it's really hard to pull a low number parallel. It's really hard to pull parallels. I think that the accessibility to some of the parallels, um, like you see maybe in a Panini product or like you see with potentially a Topps Chrome product, I think that should be a little better. Obviously, I think probably the biggest thing, even though I'm not a big autograph guy, um, I think just the fact that there's no on-card autos, especially with the dotted line, which is like one in 15,000 packs or something. I don't have the spec sheet in front of me, um, but something like that. But there, it's all sticker autographs. And then sticker autographs were going for a ridiculous amount on eBay. People are just trying to test the market. I think that's pissing some people off, which is understandable. And also people are pissed off that an autograph isn't guaranteed per box. Fair criticism. Um, what I found throughout this is that a whole lot of people like autographs more than me. I really like the parallels. Like I like there's a dynamite and a pyro parallel. I think the the dynamite parallel has a kaboom or galactic vibe to it in a, in a way, but they're not numbered, serial numbered. So I think they're like one in eighteen packs. I wish they look really cool. They're like to me as a shiny card guy, they're like the coolest part of a product, the product so far. But it kind of loses its luster knowing that they're not as limited as I think they should be. So there's some criticisms there from people who think I'm the AEW apologist. Some criticisms. Some positives. I like how hard it is to get those out of 10 exclusive parallels. So I just said it's kind of a negative. I think there should be some sort of a balance. But it causes me, if I'm searching on eBay and something pops up, to want it because I know I might not see it again. I just talked about the the Kaboom, the Galactics. I talk, I like the the Wednesday in action shadow box cards. I pulled a, and by the way, I ripped four boxes and I did pull an autograph. I pulled a pack, the bastard, uh, out of 25. I did get a shadow box card, which I think they're four per case. A Kenny Omega, which so I landed a really nice one. Um, these are great, great looking cards. Just show great action shot. And I, I think just, I'm happy AEW has a product. I'm happy I'm buying Upper Deck product. Um, the price, to me, 120 150 bucks. okay. Like, comparatively to other sports, not a big deal. I think the contents maybe should be a little better, but still not a big deal. Where I think a lot of people who exclusively collect wrestling cards have higher expectations. And maybe aren't aware of the cost of boxes and other segments of the hobby. So that's kind of the the balancing act that I'm seeing. I will say that wrestling card collectors who have been exclusive to wrestling cards probably should get ready because WWE's getting the prism or prism is getting the or Panini, excuse me. Panini is getting the WWE license and they're releasing prism. Cost of those boxes aren't going to be cheap. So uh, strap in because the wrestling market's about to get a lot more expensive. But net net, fun day. I like like when new product drops and people are loud and talking about it. So I be a supporter of the AEW Upper Deck product, especially right out of the gates. I want to thank Drake, Drake's PC. We did the episode last week, had a lot of fun. We also did a companion piece on IG Live um, this past Friday. So that is on my page if you want to see some of Drake in my wrestling card pc you can go out and do it there i want to close it out here 
by talking about the NFL playoffs. I want to talk about just some crazy stuff that I'm seeing. Quarterbacks, football cards from this point last year, this date last year to where we're at today, the index, according to Card Ladder, of all the football cards is up 120%. That's astounding. That's unbelievable. Um, you know, I think when I saw the Brady and Mahomes Super Bowl, I think I was like, man, this is only going to be great for football cards. I think people starting to observe legends and how cheap they were at the time, like a Peyton Manning, they're like, man, this is a good buy. And so I think there's this culmination of factors. I think there's all, there's pre, what I, when I got back in the hobby, the one thing I didn't understand is like these pre-existing narratives around football, football cards. People would say it's not an international game. It's like players aren't as recognizable. There's too many injuries. I never really understood that. And so that's why I like went nuts on football cards because I was like, these are so cheap and it doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, but football is in the fabric of like Americana. It's a religion. In every city, there's football team. Every the city shuts down. It's all about the game. There are football fans of teams. Every team implanted in every city. It's the sport in our country. Full stop. Look at the ratings. You can look at a like a, a let's just say like a random Thursday night football game and compare the ratings of that to an NBA playoff game. More people are watching the random Thursday night football. So I think there was some balancing out where it was like, all right, look how cheap football is. Now we've got some attention. We've got some momentum. Some things are happening. And there was a lot of attention and people buying football cards at a clip higher than they ever have before, 120%, which is, which is insane. So I think for me, as I think about just the, think about the growth of the football card market this year, you got to also consider okay, if it grew 120% from this point last year to now, what should my expectations be moving forward? I think one thing you just got to also, whenever you're making buying decisions, look at the market as a whole. And I think that's why I love Card Ladder. It gives me the opportunity and ability to do that. But look at the market as a whole because odds are things aren't going to continue to trend up into the moon forever. So. But also, make, but also, I think you, there is some level you should be excited about the growth. Because if you're a football card collector and holder, chances are you've got cards in your PC that have gone up. So football card market's up. People are buying football cards at a higher clip than ever before. We've got the playoffs in this uh, right around the corner here. Or this week, shit, it's, it's happening. You know how people like to get involved. So you've got people probably going in and trying to make some buys going into the playoffs to try to hit on a couple things. Here's some data. Here's some context. Just subset of players that were in the playoffs last year. So guys that were in the playoffs last year. So Lamar Jackson, from this point last year to now, they're in the playoff. He won a playoff game. His cards are up 7%. Okay. Now Lamar probably won't make the playoffs. I think they Baltimore needs some help. Um, he's been out before he got hurt. He was having a great season. I thought his cards are still up seven percent. Josh Allen won two football games in the playoffs. People, a lot of people like Josh Allen. His cards from 
last year to today, up 52%. Baker Mayfield, here's a crazy one, not making the playoffs this year. His cards from last year to the start of the season were up 131%. They have now dropped 97%. He won a playoff game. He was hot. People thought, yay, Baker. Baker's got the team. And then not a great season at all for Baker Mayfield, and his cards have plummeted. So there's an example that the cards don't go up forever. Performance on the field really matters. Mahomes up 30% since the Super Bowl. It With Mahomes, it's one of those deals where it's like, you're either going to hop on, on the train now, or you're going to have to pay more when you go down the road. It's just steady growth from Pat Patrick Mahomes, and rightfully so. Tom Brady, you think his cards went up? In a year, I think so. Probably the the MVP of the hobby um, this past year. His cards have gone up 152% in Card Ladders Index, which is absolutely insane. Obviously, he's uh, the GOAT. He won a Super Bowl last year. Hell, he could win another one. But, man, Tom Brady has made some people a lot of money. I would say I sold a Tom Brady card this year, and... It was the the highest card sale I've ever had, so I took advantage of it. A lot of people are, um, but just a wild year on the Brady side. And Aaron Rodgers, MVP year last year, NFC Championship, right for, full of controversy, right back in the MVP conversation, up 56%. So every player on there is up except for Baker. Okay, so... All of those guys, let's see here, Josh Allen, Mahomes, Brady Rogers, they'll all be in the playoffs. So going to kind of take them out of the consideration because they, they had this turn last year. We all know they're good. We all know they're good players. I think Josh Allen would be one that, from my perspective, in order to justify the prices of his cards, Josh Allen needs to make that jump to the Super Bowl. I think it's a big year for him and the Bills. You know, it's hard if he gets bounced out in the first round, takes a step back maybe. I mean, he won two games last year. and His cards are at 52%. So the next step is going to the Super Bowl. So I think he's someone I would just be a little cautious on. If you have a strong conviction around the Bills and him and you're buying right now, it might be a little bit of a risky play. But... I don't know. He just, I think he needs to take that team to the next level to begin to justify some of these prices. So there's going to be a lot of new people that are coming into the playoffs here. I'm going to just talk through them really quick. You got some, some really solid seasons. You have Joe Burrow. His cards are up 38%. Um, you've got Justin Herbert. His cards are up 18%. Dak, his cards are up 67%. Have you seen, like, football cards are moving. Kyler, 64%. Matty Stafford, 145%. And another guy that I'm hoping is going to be in the playoffs that I'll mention, but his cards are down, is Carson Wentz, down 4%. So when I look at this, I think about it from the perspective of, do if I were buying someone to go into the playoffs, how do I buy someone at a price that's mitigating risk but also has really strong upside. I think based on, I think you take Burrow and Her- Herbert. I think obviously when I'm recording, this is still a question mark for the playoffs, but let's just like, since he's for sure. in, let's talk about Joe Burrow. I think Joe Burrow, man, what a great young player. The end of his season has been amazing. He is steady. He has weaponry. He is com- 
accurate. He 70% completion rate, 4,600 yards, 35, 34 touchdowns, 108 quarterback rating. This guy is, is a good player. So I think his cards are up 38% from this point last year. Joe Burrow wins a playoff game. Joe Burrow wins two playoff games. His cards are go- going to soar. People like this guy. What I like about Joe Burrow is Joe Burrow has confidence. Joe Burrow knows how good he is. He really does. And I like that about Joe Burrow. So I, that, that's an intriguing um, – Joe Burrow intrigues me in terms of like if you're making a bet. I think the question mark obviously is, you know, the, historically, if you fall into the historical trap, the Bengals haven't had success in the playoffs. Um, but it's a new era, a new team. I'll say for the sake of the conversation, Carson Wentz, you all know I'm a fan of him. For me, uh, sneaky, underrated, like I thought based on the circumstances, I thought based on the circumstances of new player, injury, throwing the COVID situation, everything else, I think he's had a very nice season for us. Has it been a spectacular season? No. But is it a very, a very nice season? Yes. 62% completion rate, 3,300 yards, 26 touchdowns, only six interceptions. Okay, so he's not turning the ball over. 95% rating. So I think just from an upside perspective, if you like the Colts and you think that the Colts could make a run, Wentz cards only have the opportunity to grow. I think definitely he is plagued by what happened at the end of his uh, career in Philly still, which is fine. Like that, people saw that. And I think he has a lot to prove still, but there's some upside there. I think Dak Prescott has had a spectacular season, um, 68% completion rate. 4,100 yards, 32 touchdowns. His cards are up 67%. I think I like what the Cowboys have. I like the defense. I like Parsons a lot. Got weapons. The Cowboys, to me, look really nice right now. Kyler, his cards have just, they're up 64% from the year. I love Kyler. You all know this. I think he's super dynamic, but he's still got so much to prove. He'll be in the playoffs for the first time. Um, I think D-Hop not being there hurts him a lot. Um, I think he's less dynamic without Hopkins, obviously. But yeah, we'll see on Kyler. His cards are really expensive. Uh, Stafford, his cards have gone up. Like if you bought Stafford, you know, before the trade, you're sitting great. But for me, it's almost like how much further can his cards go up? The Rams are good, obviously. They've got a great defense. They've got some weapons. But I just think those are the things we all need to look at. I think who knows who's going to be the hero of the playoffs. There's guys with upsides. There's guys that are expensive now. There's guys that you still, like, if you believe in them, like, there's, it's a good time to buy. It's just like my, my punchline to this is, like, be a fan, be a collector, and at the end of the day, spend some time in the data. Close out with this. Accessibility is a gift. We all have access to data to inform our decisions. We have access to people to share information and build relationships. We have access to content to continue our education. Access amounts to very little without initiative. Drive. Just go do it. Make it happen. Hopefully you have a good week. Take care of yourself. Take care of others around you. Hit that subscribe button. Follow me across social media at Backing Slabs. Thank you so much for listening. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.